this week's parasha, we have in Parsha's Vayera, we have the following pasuk. It says in um, chapter twenty-one, pasuk number nine, by Teira Sara as Ben Hagar Hamitzris. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the, the Egyptian woman, that she gave birth to Abraham, to, that she was the mother of Abraham's child, and she saw that he was Mitzachek. So, are we here, guys? You still here? Hello? So... Mitzachek Rashi says, that he was involved in idol worship. Kemoshinemar, as it says, etc. Loshin Giliarais, he was involved in, in, um, in uh, illicit relationships. Or Rashi says he was involved in Ritzicha, he was involved in, in uh, murder. So these are the three cardinal sins. Avodazar, Giliarais, Vichazdamim, which the Gemara says, in tract, it's on Hedgen, page 74. The one is obligated to give up their life for it, even though one is supposed to not give up their life for the rest of the mitzvahs, which indicates that these are the worst kind of um, activities to be involved in. And so therefore, Sarah saw that Ben Hagar, Hamitzvah, this son of Hagar, was a very bad influence on her son Yitzchak, who was just recently born. So she said, she said, what did she do? So Sarah went to Abraham and she said to him, You should send this, this woman out of my house. Don't say my house, but I'm loosely translated. He has been on her child. She should not, she will not inherit. He will not inherit together with my son Yitzchak. So she said, You should send him out. Not going to inherit together with my son Yitzchak. So says, what was Abraham's reaction to this? Sarah wanted to throw him out of the house. It was a bad influence. You know, he was giving Yitzchak strange ideas about the Zara. He was uh, using lewd language, Giliarias. He was. Um, he was involved in Ritzicha and killing. Bad influence on the, on, 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 on the family, on the house, on the atmosphere. So uh, Sarah said, throw him out. I want him out of the house. Abraham. This was very bad in the eyes of Abraham. Uh, because this was his son. He didn't want to throw his own son out of the house. Abraham felt very bad about that. Says the next pasuk, "Vayemer Elokim el Avraham and Hashem said to Avraham, Al Yiro be'enecha, Al Hanar, you should not feel bad about this, but Al Amosecha, and on your uh, your maid servant and his mother, Kol Asher Toimer Elecha Sarah Shma Bekoila, whatever Sarah says, listen to her voice, Ki BiYitzchak Ki Karei LeChazara, because Yitzchak will be the inheritor of your." Of your estate, of your, of, he will be your progeny. So Hashem says to Abraham, "You should listen to Sarah. Don't follow your instinct and don't follow your uh, opinion about the situation. Instead, you should take Sarah, is Sarah's advice. Listen to what she says, 
and throw him out of the house. That's what she, that's what Hashem said to him. Now, we can imagine the situation that if Hashem is to appear to Abraham Avinu and tell him that he must listen to his wife, so the implication here is, is that he did not listen to his wife, right? She came to him and she said, throw him out of the house. The Pasuk tells us that this was bad in his eyes, but the Pasuk doesn't tell us exactly how he reacted to Sarah, right? It was bad in his eyes. He didn't like it that he should throw him out of the house. But at the same time, at the same time, the, the Torah does not tell us what his reaction was. Instead, the Torah says that Hashem intervened in this private conversation between Sarah and Abraham. And he said that Sarah is right. Throw him out of the house. So you can imagine that if that's the case, that Abraham must have said no to Sarah. Sarah said, throw him out of the house, and Abraham's reaction was no. That's not the right thing to do. I say we don't throw him out of the house. I say he stays here. He refused. It must be. Until he refused so much that God himself had to appear to him and tell him that he should not refuse. Instead, he should acquiesce. Right? This must be. This is the implication. That if, the, if, if Hashem has to come to him and tell him that he has to acquiesce, he must have refused. So she said, throw him out of the house. And Avram said, no. We're going to follow my lead and we're not going to throw him out of the house. And Hashem intervened and said, no. You're going to follow her lead and you're going to throw him out of the house. This is what must have happened. So our question for this evening is, is that why didn't Abraham listen to Sarah? Aren't you supposed to listen to what your wife says? It's a Gemara in Bar-Metziah. The Gemara in Bar-Metziah on page 59. A, the Gemara here says, Amar lei Rafpapalabaye, people say, in other words, this is the colloquial, people say, if your wife is short, gochim v'til you should bend down and, and, and whisper to her. Rashi says, what does this mean if she's short? It means, says Rashi, you should bend over and listen to her words. In other words, it's an exaggeration. It's a, it's a, it's a saying of people who lived in the time of the Talmud that a person has to listen to what his wife says. Here the Gemara brings it as a challenge, but it, you know, you could take a look there. It's not for our discussion for now. But in mundane matters in the house, it seems like the Gemara, at least according to one uh, version, agrees that one is supposed to listen to his wife. So one is supposed to listen to his wife when it comes to running, the, running what, what happens in the house and the, and, the, and the familial relationships, even between family. So if that's true, why didn't Abraham listen to Sarah? He should have listened to her. Why did he suspect? Why did Abraham suspect that he should be that, that it should be his opinion should be overriding Sarah's opinion? Uh, surely Abraham knew. Okay, the Talmud, of course, is after Abraham Avinu, but you know we know that Abraham Avinu kept Kolatayrokula. He kept the entire Torah, but so this this Abraham Avinu would know as a matter of logic such a thing. So he doesn't know that you're supposed to, a person's supposed to listen to his wife when it comes to these matters? She says, until Hashem has to intervene 
And he refuses, and if he didn't, if he didn't, he wouldn't have listened to her. So the question for us this evening is, is that why did not why did Abraham not listen to, to Sarah? That's, a, that's the question. All right. So for this, we turn to the altar of Slobodka. The altar of Slobodka in his Orhagonus or Orhatsofan. The version that I have is called Orhagonus. He has a, uh, on page 81, here he has a mimer. He has an article called Koychashel Mitiya. He discusses, he discusses if person, if, uh, he discusses the, the power of bias. The article, we're not going to go through the whole article, we just want the beginning here uh, of the piece. But he talks about the power of bias. When people are biased, how, how much it affects their, their, their logical thinking, their, their, their logical thinking um, and how much it affects their future as a result. Because, you know, if you veer from, 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 your, from wh- where a person's supposed to be, obviously they wind up in a different place. So this is the discussion here. And in the midst of the discussion, he says like this. He says, he wants to know, he wants to know what did, Abra, what did Adam Arishon, what did the first man do that was so terrible that he was sent out of Gan Eden? Why was Adam Arishon sent out of Ghana? He says like this. He says, We should think about Why was the first man punished with such terrible punishments? He was sent out of Ghana. And it was it was decreed upon him that he shall as a as a pun as a penalty that he shall die and all of his progeny. all the progeny comes after him until the end of time would all die. We might not answer the, answer this question because we're we're just we're interested in the question itself to make our point. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But this is his question. If you take a look at other Marishon's sin, you'll see that it was very, very fine. So fine that it's very even difficult to, to detect what he did wrong. Is he says that even the angels, which are all intellectual, that are not that are not physical at all, they didn't understand what he did wrong. They even asked Hashem, as the Gemara says in Tractate Shabbos, page 55b, the Gemara there says, They asked the Rabbani, the angels came to the Rabbani Shalom, the master of the universe, and they said to him, why did you do this? Why did you, uh, why did you give, put, put death upon Adam Arishan, upon the first man, uh, for all generations. Why did, why, why, why did you do that for? Well, what did he do that was so wrong? So, and not only the angels, but he, the other Marishan also, other Marishan, which the author Slabotka explains in many articles, who was smarter than the angels themselves. He himself did not know what he did wrong. What did, what did Adam Arishon say? 
when Hashem came to him and said to him, why did you eat from the Eitz Adas? Why did you eat from the tree of knowledge? This is what he said to him, says the, the altar. Uh, says the other Marishon said, as we discussed before a few weeks ago, he said, His response was, the woman that you gave me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. This was his defense. Right? Hashem comes to him and is like a court and he says, okay, I told you not to eat from the Eitz Adas and you ate from the Eitz Adas. You're guilty of the infraction that I told you not to, not to do. What's your explanation? What's your defense? His defense was, is that this woman that you gave me, she made me eat it. So is this a good defense or not? Says the altar, this was a good defense. This was a very good defense. In other words, He's claiming that since she gave it to me, I'm allowed to eat it. I know you said that I can't eat it, but since she gave it to me, I'm allowed to eat it. Because a woman has a bina yaseira, a woman has a, a better bina. She has, she has a, a extra understanding more than a man. This is what the Gemara tells us in Chaykte Nida on page 45b that a woman understands more than a man. So he said, it's my opinion versus hers. You told me not to eat from the Eitz Adas. So I'm listening to you. So my opinion is I shouldn't eat it. She told me I should eat it. So what's, it's her opinion versus mine. So why should I, why, 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 I should, of course I should listen to her. And certainly, which we mentioned, the Alta does not mention, but we mentioned the Gemara and Bab Metziah here. The, the Gemara and Bab Metziah on page 59a. The Gemara and Bab Metziah says that you're supposed to listen to your wife. If she says the halacha that it's mutter, there's no reason for him to doubt her. It's like, it's like we come home and our wife makes dinner. We don't say, which meat did you buy? What heksha did it have? Which pot did you make it in? Was it treif? Right? We just eat it. And I, I so how do we know the food is kosher? Because we, 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 we follow the opinion of our wives. Our wives tell us this is a kosher food. Right? So she said to him, Here, here's a fruit, eat it. So the Marishan said to, to, to Rakosh Baruch Hu, she gave me the food, I ate it. Why should I question her even? Of course her opinion is better than mine. And not only that, she ate herself also. She was a taster. She ate it. He saw her eat it. So of course, why should he suspect even? Why should he even think twice? Right? This is the woman that you gave me. It's not like but it was put together by some shatchin that I don't know, sketchy person. The Rabbanu Shalom is the shatchin. The master of the universe is the shatchin. He's the one who put it together. So why should, why should I, why should I, uh, why should I doubt her? Says the altar, Of course this was his, 
This was his defense. Allah chilosu meitz hadas for meeting the eight tree. Ki halolo diber Adam Arishon chas v'shon dvarim b'tein l'fnei Kodesh Baruch Hu. Why is Adam Arishon saying these things? Why is he saying the woman that you gave me? What does that have to do with the issue? Hashem said to him, "Did you eat hamina eats that I told you not to eat from? Did you eat from it?" So the answer it's a yes or no question, right? It's either a yes or a no. Hashem knows that he ate from it, and the reality is that he ate from it. So the answer is yes. What are you tell? What are you saying? It's the woman that gave me, the woman that you gave me. What what, what does that have to do with anything? It's completely irrelevant. The answer is, says the author, it's not irrelevant. Of course, the smartest man on the planet, Adam Arishan, the first man, is not going to speak irrelevancies. Of course, he's speaking relevant to the case. He's making a defense. He's saying, you gave her to me. You gave her to me. That means she's trustworthy. She's trustworthy. I didn't doubt her. Not only that, she ate her herself. This is the defense. Of course, this is what he was saying. So he himself, says the author, didn't realize what he did wrong even. And what did he do wrong? Very hard to tell. Of course, this was his intention. You gave it to me for an azer, a helpmate, as it says in the Pasuk. You gave her extra knowledge, like we quoted the Gemara in either 45. Not only I'm supposed to listen, but I'm obligated to listen to what she says. And I was clear that I was not going to stumble. So why did Adam Marishan get punished? This is the out of Slavatka says. That this was Adam Marishan's claim. And what did he do wrong? The question is actually, what did he do wrong? So the author says, we all know what Rashi quotes, the Chazal. Ulam kvar omu Chazal, the Ahisnatsu Zusha Omar, Bereshus Gimel Yubeis. They say, Ha'isha Shenasati Imadi Shekan Kofa Betavosu Shomakam. Rashi says that when he said, This woman that you gave me, he denied. He was not grateful for the wife that Hashem gave him. The fact that you gave her to me. Here was the denial of good. In the depths of other Marishon's heart. There was some blemish. In the, in the recognition of, 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 of the good that Hashem gave him. In other words, say, says the Alta of Slabotka. The Alta of Slabotka says, in other words, he, what other Marishan said was right. And this, this, is my, this is our interpretation a little bit. We're going to you know, interpret it a little bit different. Uh, not different, but he doesn't explain it, so we're going to say it like this. That the, the Alta is saying that, of course, what other Marishan said was right. He is supposed to listen to her. And he was right for listening to her. What did he do wrong? Is that what he did wrong was, even though in action he was correct, deep down inside, deep down inside, he was fetching, he was complaining about the woman. It's her fault. 
you gave her to me. In other words, if, 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 if he didn't feel inside of himself this lack of gratitude, and he would have said these words, the woman that you gave me, it would have been fine. And it would have been a good defense. And maybe Hashem would have accepted it. For sure. But he said those words and only he knows, not even he himself didn't know, but only the Rabbana Shalom knows, only Hashem who can look into people's hearts. Only he knows that those words were not a sincere defense. They weren't only said for the purpose of defense. They were also said with the purpose of complaint, ingratitude for the wife that Hashem gave him. As you could have two people that say the exact same thing. If we can imagine, if there were two people, there was other Marishon and maybe there was another person together with him and they both ate from the Eitz Adas. And they would both give Hashem the same excuse. Exactly. It's the woman that you gave me. But one would be sincere in his defense. Maybe Hashem would accept that defense. And the other one would be insincere in his defense. He would say the exact same words. But in his heart, he would be feeling an ingratitude then the defense falls away because of the bias that's inside his heart. The defense itself is, what's the word for it? The defense itself is not genuine. Yes, on the exterior, it's a good claim. You gave her to me. I should trust her. But it's not genuine because deep down inside, there is some, some blemish, some inner recesses of his heart. There is a touch of ingratitude. It's her fault. You gave it to me. She's not all good. This is what, this is what Adam Arishon was, this is the, the, the problem with what Adam Arishon said. Yes, David? Yeah, sorry to interrupt, just a real quick question on that. Um, if he's the first man, is, is he, uh, I, I guess I'm thinking of him as kind of being without blemish in a way. And so is this something at a free will that his heart has that blemish through, through, is the action I know this might, not, might be a tangent, but... I think so, yeah. I think, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we always have to say that Adam Arishan was a human. And he did have free will. And his philosophers discuss exactly what that free will looked like before his sin. It's not our discussion for now. But yes, okay. at the end of the day, he's a human. And he is... And, and he felt ingratitude inside his heart. And only Hashem was able to distinguish it, not even he himself understood it. Because as far as he was concerned, he was saying, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes, um, I don't know, uh, we're sitting around and we're reading a good book uh, or we're, re we're learning a nice safer or whatever. And somebody comes along to us and says, and we're just fine. And then they say to us, you know what, can you go to the supermarket and go get some, uh, I don't know, something from the supermarket, and then all of a sudden we say, you know what, I'm feeling tired, I think I want to take a nap, I'm not up to going to the supermarket. So it could be true, could be you're tired, not up to, you're not up to going to the supermarket, but it could be you're just using that as an excuse because you just don't want to go to the supermarket, you'd rather read the book, right? That's what, that's what we would rather do, but we ourselves don't even recognize it. We actually convince ourselves, we actually think that we're tired I need to take a nap. I can't go to the supermarket because we just can't do it. So similar with other Marishan also, he himself thought that this was a good defense. And it was a good defense, actually. 
but it was insincere, an infinitesimal amount of insincerity was there because, of, because there was a little bit of ingratitude in his heart. That's what the author of Slabotka is saying. What? Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Yeah. So, so if that's the case, so, okay, just before we, 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 we finish up with our answer, let's just, uh, let's just uh, you know, to make it satisfying. So the author of Slabotka says that because of this, because of this bias, this little uh, veering in his heart, because of this, this could be affected. This answer is why he was sent out of Ganeidin, why it affected all his generations, because such a bias in the heart could, can grow and can fester into an actual full-blown ingratitude. I mean, that's, not, that's not for our discussion. Maybe a different time we'll, we'll discuss this, this part. But this is what we wanted to glean from, from his question. What we wanted to glean from his question is, is that he's saying, he is agreeing to our discussion. He is saying that really when one... When one is faced with a situation and they're, they're perplexed about what to do and, and they follow their wife's advice, then that's what they should do. And Adam Arishan was correct in saying that. But at the same time, in, in, the, in, the, in the end, in the end, Adam Arishan was, was fail, failed in this because he, because he, because he, because he was biased. He was biased with his ingratitude for, for, for this woman that Hashem gave him, for Chava. Yeah, Sean, you want to ask a question? Oh, okay. So we continue, yeah. So um, let's, let's go back to, we'll conclude with this, but let's go back to our original question that we asked, right? We said that, that Avraham, Avraham and Avraham and Sarah were having a debate. They were having a debate. Sarah saw that Hagar's child was inappropriate in their home. He was involved in all kinds of, in all kinds of um, truant behaviors that were on the top of the list of, of, uh, of, of, of evil. And she saw that as a destruction of her house and she saw that as a bad influence, a very bad influence on her son. And she therefore decided that even though this fellow was Abraham's son from a different woman, but because he was destroying the family, he should be thrown out of the house. That's what, that's what Sarah decided. When she brought this up with Abraham, Abraham said, no, absolutely not. He's my son. I don't throw out family from our house. That's not going to happen. And he decided not to listen to her. And we said that Hashem intervened and said that he should listen to her. So the question that we asked her is, is that, is that why didn't Abraham listen to her? The Gemara says in Bab Mitzi on page 59a, that one is supposed to listen to one's wife when it comes to these matters. So he should have listened to her. He needed Hashem to appear and tell him uh, that which is already he knew that he's supposed to listen to his wife. What, I mean, wasn't that obvious? Why didn't he listen to her? The same way that other Marishan listened to his wife. He should have listened to her Sarah. This is our question. Our answer is, is that Abraham wanted to listen to Sarah. 
he wanted to listen to her. And he saw that she was right. Because obviously, she didn't just come to him and say, throw him out of the house, right? She must have explained to him why she wants to throw him out of the house. She said, look, Yitzchak is starting to hang out with him. Look, he's starting to talk like him. Look, he's starting to do things like him. Look how he's destroying our family. And Avram looked at that and said, you know what? She's right. And I should listen to her anyway. Because the Gemara says that in Bab Metziah. And so it, probably Avraham even decided that he's going to listen to her. But, and this is where we come in. Avraham said to himself, logically, to me, everything makes sense. I should listen to Sarah. This is what I'm supposed to do. But then Avraham became nervous. He got scared. He wasn't 100% sure. Because he knew this Misa with Adam Arisha, and he knew what happened with the first man. He knew that Abraham, that Adam Arishon had a very good excuse. He knew that Adam Arishon told Hashem, and that was a great defense, like we said. That was a defense that was, if somebody else would have said it other than Adam Arishon, then Hashem would have accepted it. This was a defense. He trusted her and he's supposed to trust her. And he didn't think otherwise. But said Abraham to himself, yeah, but what happened? What happened? He listened to her and Hashem, and Hashem punished him anyway. It must be that he had a bias deep down inside the recesses of his heart that he didn't recognize himself of ingratitude, of some type of disappointment with the fact that Hashem gave him this woman that made him eat from the Eitz Adas, from the, tree of, from the tree of knowledge. Abraham said, maybe I'm the same. I'll listen to her. And I'll throw my son out of the house because he's a bad influence on Yitzchak. But maybe there's a bias that I have that's deep down inside me. Maybe there's a bias of some sort if I listen to her. Maybe I, want to, maybe I want to throw him out of the house because whatever. I don't like him. Maybe I don't like one of my children. Maybe I don't like, my, maybe I don't like the Hagar. Maybe I don't like his mother. Maybe I'm throwing him out for personal reasons. Abraham said, I for sure don't see that in myself. The same way that other Marishan didn't see, the first man didn't see ingratitude in himself. But just because I don't see it in myself, doesn't mean that it's not there. So therefore, Abraham said, I'm not going to listen to her. That's the safe bet. If I don't listen to her, then I can claim that I didn't want to throw him out of the house. That's chesed. I stand for chesed. I could say, I didn't want to throw somebody out of the house. What kind of bias can I have in that? So I'm not going to listen to her. And now it makes sense why Hashem got involved. Because we could say, look, Rabbanu Shalom, Master, you, what are you getting involved? It's not your business. Okay, if we could say that to Hashem, just for drama, for, for drama reasons, we're saying it. It's none of your business. Oh, conversation between husband and wife. And they're having a conversation and they're making a decision. What are you getting involved for? Let them choose and let them, let them make a mistake if they're going to make a mistake. Whatever. Why did Hashem get involved? The answer is Hashem got involved because he came to Avram and he said to him, you're nervous that maybe you're like Adam Arishon. 
Maybe you're like the first man. Maybe you're like the first man. Maybe you have some kind of bias that you don't detect in yourself. That's what you're nervous about. And therefore, that's why you don't want to listen to her. I'm here to tell you, I'm the Rabboni Shalom. I saw that there was a bias in other Marishon, but I look in your heart and I see that you have no bias. I see that you want to do the right thing. And since I see that you want to do the right thing, the proper thing is, is to listen to her and to send him away. That's what, that's what happened. That's why Hashem had to get involved. So that is, that's what, this is, this is what is going on, the dynamics between Abraham and Sarah and the Rabbanu Shalom, based upon the altar of Slabotka's discussion about Adam Marishon's defense about, about his sin. So the lesson for us is, is that it's, is that, is that it's, you know, it's, 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 um, it's incumbent upon us to do everything with forethought, to do everything with, with calculation, so to speak, not to just run into things. So when we say, I don't want to go to the supermarket, or when we actually have the inclination in ourselves to say that we don't want to go to the supermarket before we say it, it is possible to look inside ourselves. We're not talking about the thin biases. We have big biases that control us because we're, we're many generations away from Avram Avinu and from Mother Marisha. So we can look inside ourselves. We can pause for a minute and see, why am I doing this? Why am I refusing to go to the supermarket? Why am I saying, why am I not listening to my wife? Am I not listening to my wife because I actually believe that she's wrong? Or am I not listening to her because I have some kind of bias that I have been listening, that I've been listening the last five times and now this sixth time it's, it's for me to listen. We, there's a million situations like that. And we can, we, can, we, we can look inside ourselves. We can do introspection. And sometimes we can actually detect. And we don't have to tell anybody, right? We don't have to tell anybody because it's embarrassing to tell somebody that I want that last piece of chicken on the, on, the, on, the, on the table, even though everybody got one piece, now I want the second piece, right? It's embarrassing to say that, but we can think it in ourselves. We can think it in ourselves and then analyze it. Look, and look, 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 look at it. Look at that bias. Look at that, that proclivity. Look at it and say, well, sh- am I able to maybe do something about that? Am I able to overcome that? Or at least, if not able to uh, 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 overcome it, at least we can be cognizant of the fact that this is the reason why we're doing it and not doing it for the reason that we say we are because that will be the first step for us to get around it. So anyway, that's the lesson for us, to be, to, to, to try, to try and, and analyze ourselves and our biases. And then when we do things, and then, of course, that's going to make us better people, make us more sincere people, more trustworthy people, more truthful people, and more respected people when we do that. Because people will see that uh, on us that we're serious and that we do things properly and we do it because it's true, not because we have some excuse. Because in ourselves, we, we don't see the excuse. But other people do see it much clearer. People see other people's biases much clearer. And even if they don't, they assume that they do. So this is... This is the way to, this is one of the things that we can do to improve as a lesson from this week's Pasha.
anyway, this is what I wanted to share with everybody this evening. And uh, have a good chance. Yeah. Thank you. 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 Thank you.